the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Everybody, it's another Al Gatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, a little Daryl Hall and John Oates. You make my dreams come true. Well, sometimes you do, but anyway, uh, played that for a very specific reason because I got a chance to see Hall and Oates again uh, this past weekend over at the PNC Bank Art Center. Squeeze opening for them, as well as uh, KT Tunsil uh, doing a couple of songs. And uh, what a great show! At PNC Bank Art Center. First time I'm back at PNC since 2019. This pandemic has been absolute insanity. We're still not out of the woods yet. Uh, we've still got some issues. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute, especially when it comes to uh, speaking of concerts, because this show is just not only about beer. Uh, when you drink beer, where do you normally drink beer? You drink it with your friends. You drink it in a setting, whether it's in a bar, a uh, restaurant. Maybe you drink it at a concert venue. So a number of things there. And I want, I want to get into that in a moment. But first, how can you follow me? Very easily on Twitter, at Al Gattulo. Instagram at Gattulo. That's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast via email at Albert NYCRadio.com. iTunes, Google Podcasts. Just do, just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast. You can find all the shows on uh, those platforms. We're Alexa Ready as well. Odyssey.com. iHeartRadio. And, of course, the great Hopped Up Network. Just head over to the hoppedupnetwork.com. You can listen to the podcast version of the program, uh, usually, uh, you know, a couple minutes after the show ends. Uh, we post it, and then you can download it and listen to it at your leisure. Coming up in 20 minutes, Josh Bernstein. He is the author and beer expert. He's going to join me. He's been exploring a lot of different local New York breweries during the pandemic. Wanted to get his take on that. As well as the shape of the beer business almost post-COVID, he's also got uh, an updated version of one of his books that's coming out soon. We'll talk to him about that as well, and that will take place 20 minutes from now. Let's dive into the beer news. Duclaw Brewing Company giving some classic summertime drinks a twist. Their latest releases, including uh, a couple of different things here. you got Getaway Message Pina Colada Hazy IPA. It's a 7.6% ABV. Uh, this is... Um, Crisp pineapple juice kind of flavors, toasted coconut chips, and monk fruit in this one. Then you got a sour me mimosa, which is at almost over 9% here. So you got uh, freshly squeezed orange juice, tangerine puree, monk fruit, and a healthy splash of Chardonnay grape juice. This fizzy yell will surely be the new toast of the town, according to Duclaw. And then finally, 
In their uh, pastry series, the Pastry Archy Root Beer Float, that's an 8.7% ABV. Perfect your, pour, uh, perfect your pour over a simple scoop or sip on nostalgia straight up. Bask in the emulating aromas of root beer and rich vanilla bean as you reminisce of simpler times at the soda fountain. So um, I guess they are encouraging you with this particular beer to put it in some ice cream, which is not necessarily a bad idea. You could do that with stouts, too. Um, was it short throw brewing? I got to meet the new bar manager. Um, over at Paragon Tap and Table, one of my favorite places to go to, uh, right off of uh, Exit 135 on the Garden State Parkway uh, in beautiful Clark, New Jersey, where I reside. Um, and I uh, was talking with him, and he gave me a taste. Uh, Keith is his name. And uh, he gave me a taste of uh, a, a stout that I think it's Short Throw Brewing that does it. And this was such a decadent stout, chocolate, marshmallow. You get a little coffee flavor, some coconut in there, I think. And... What was great about it was that it was the perfect stout to pour over a dessert or ice cream. Maybe not so much a dessert, depending on the dessert, but ice cream, like a scoop of vanilla ice cream, and then you pour that stout right over it, and you get the flavors of the beer with the, with the ice cream. That's, now you're talking. That's living, ladies and gentlemen. That's living. So I think uh, what Duclaw is trying to do is similar uh, in this instance with their root beer float, little vanilla ice cream, put it in an ice cream glass, and, uh, and do it up. Interesting. Um, the Growing Hard Seltzer brand Sparkling Ice Spiked has started to make its way into the New York market. Um, they say here, well, it says following a spike in consumer interest in which sales are up 140% in quarter two of 2021. I'm guessing that's overall sales of hard seltzer, not these guys. But anyway, they got it in four flavors, Ruby Fizz, Cherry Lime Chiller, Strawberry Citrus Smash, and Lemonade Refresher. It's available in over 500 retail shops across the five boroughs of New York City, as well as Westchester and Long Island. Of course, you can get it because, of course, you can buy beer in supermarkets in New York. Uh, King Cullen, ShopRite, and Food Town, as well as independent locations scattered throughout the Northeast region. The sparkling iced spiked, 80 calories, zero sugar, a gram, one gram of carbs, 4% alcohol. By volume, for more information, sparklingicespiked.com. There you go. If you're into the spiked seltzer type of thing. Uh, our friends over at Cape Beverage, uh, which is a part of the Cape May uh, Brewery, they are announcing the first ready-to-drink canned cocktail acquisition. New Jersey's own Biza Cocktails. The new partnership will help bring Biza to more of the New Jersey market with its four flavors, pomegranate, vanilla, passion fruit, peach, coconut, pineapple, and mango jalapeno. Each available is wrapped four packs of 12-ounce slim cans showcasing the brand's artwork and aesthetic. These will be available throughout the state beginning this coming Monday, August 16th. It is available in select New Jersey, New York, and Wisconsin markets, but Cape Beverage is going to bring uh, Biza uh, throughout the entire state uh, of New Jersey. Sales Director Bill Zanelli says Biza is our first RDT cocktail. The partnership is a great opportunity to sell a New Jersey brand. They are a New Jersey brand. They have a number of tropical flavors that are great in the summertime. It's a perfect time for a wider release. Uh, apparently, they had launched the project uh, product in New Jersey in January, but realized uh, the company did that a distributor would help them go further. Visa founder and president Chris Diodato said uh, Cape Beverage um, you know, would be a perfect uh, fit for us to spread our cocktails throughout New Jersey. Each of Visa's offerings are gluten-free. They use natural flavorings. Do not contain malt. The light carbonation of bold full flavor makes the 6% alcohol by volume beverages light, low-calorie, and easy to enjoy. Consumers can connect with Biza brand through curated Spotify playlists accessible 
via QR codes on every can for a fun, innovative way to enhance the experience. So starting tomorrow, August 16th, Visa will be distributed throughout New Jersey. Very cool. I don't know about the Spotify stuff, but that's kind of cool. You know, music to go with your drinks. Which leads me into the next story here. Live Nation apparently will allow artists to decide whether or not fans should be required to show proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test to attend a show. So far, no artists have taken up the parent company of Ticketmaster and Live Nation concerts on the offer. CEO Michael Rapino said they have already implemented this policy uh, at other shows like Lollapalooza in Chicago. He added Live Nation is encouraging as many shows as possible to adopt this model because they believe getting vaccinated is the number one thing Americans can do to slow the spread of the virus. So a couple of things on that. So the Live Nation is asking its artists, you know, do you want to have people show proof, not show proof, et cetera, et cetera. And Lollapalooza, big event. They mandated that you had to show proof of vaccination. I understand that. You had an enormous amount of people, uh, potential for a super spreader, and we're still not two weeks out, so we don't know what the ramifications are, right? Then you have a situation where Limp Biscuit was supposed to play at the Stone Pony Summer Stage uh, last week, uh, Friday before, uh, Thursday before last, and had to cancel. And apparently the rumor was they canceled due to one of the band members getting COVID. Now, the band came out unequivocally and said, no, our band member did not have COVID. Um, he was not well, but he does not have COVID. And they canceled the rest of the tour out of an abundance of caution. So, again, there's a million ways you can read into this. But, look, the band, one of their band members got sick. They decided to cancel their tour. That's on them. They're not going to get paid now. Full refunds to everybody. Uh, it's not a postponement. They decided to cancel it. Okay, I can understand that. Now, I went to a show the following night, the Yacht Rock Review. Fantastic. What a great time that we had. Open air venue. I felt very comfortable. Were there people there with masks? Yes. Were a lot of people? Did a lot of people not have masks? Absolutely. Um, I felt comfortable. Uh, I'm fully vaccinated. I had no issue with going. Same thing with PNC. Some people were masked. Some people weren't. I felt very comfortable being there. It's an open air venue. My question is going to be: in the next couple of months, when we have, uh, you know, more indoor events. If this spike continues, now there's a possibility in a month the spike comes down, right? And everything's okay and it's not an issue. But, you know, we have to be concerned right now to these bigger events, what's going to happen. I don't think you have to go back into a lockdown. I don't think you have to have a complete shutdown. But what I do think you have to do is you have to educate more people in getting vaccinated. Because getting vaccinated is going to be the only way that we get out of this. I don't think this 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 variant or whatever it is is suddenly going to fizzle up and disappear. I think there's going to be some form of COVID-19 that's going to exist probably for the rest of our lives. And the more people that get vaccinated, the better, because we can crush this thing to the point where it becomes nothing, where if it does enter the country, every you know, the majority of people are vaccinated. It's got nowhere to go. That's the key. We have to educate more people. Education, education, education. The more we educate the better we're going to be. Just my two cents. It's not going to stop me from going to concerts. As long as concerts are being held, I'm going. Bottom line, I'm fully vaccinated and I feel comfortable with going to a show. But let's see what happens in the next couple of months as, you know, if these things start to spike and get out of control. Now, when we come back after a short break, we got more news and notes from around the beer world. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer.
Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, a little squeeze and black coffee in bed from Singles 45 and Under. Got a chance to see them over the weekend with Hall and Oates. And it was basically a greatest hits for Squeeze. They, if, if you've ever listened to Singles 45 and Under, that's essentially what the concert was. It was just every one of Squeeze's greatest hits, which was fantastic. First time I got a chance to see those guys and very happy. Uh, that I did. How can you follow me very easily? On Twitter, at Al Gattulo, Instagram, at Gattulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com, slash A-G Craft Beer Cast, via email at Albert G at NYC Radio.com, or on iTunes and Google Podcasts, just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast. You can find the shows on those platforms. Alexa Ready as well, iHeartRadio, Odyssey.com, and of, of course, the Hopped Up Network, HoppedUpNetwork.com, for this podcast version of the show, as well as a plethora of of others, and we are also portions of this program brought to you by Source Brewing in Colts Neck, New Jersey, Route 34, right next to uh, Delicious Orchards. Check out beer directly from the source uh, down in Colts Neck, New Jersey. You will not be disappointed. In fact, I have a couple of days uh, off coming up week after next, which will actually uh, more than likely will probably be a best of of the uh, the craft beer cast, but. Uh, one of those days, I might have to make a trip down to Source uh, for a little day drinking and sampling. We'll see. Coming up in 10 minutes, Josh Bernstein, the author and beer expert, is going to join me. He's been exploring a lot of different local New York breweries during the pandemic. Wanted to get his take on that, uh, as well as the shape of the beer business uh, almost post-COVID. And, of course, he is updating his uh, complete beer course book, uh, and we will dive into that, as well as some other things. That's coming up uh, in about 10 minutes from now. And then... He is going to be on the. Um, uh, he's going to be on for two segments, so we're not going to do a suds and duds this week, um, and we will uh, we will definitely um, do suds and duds next week for sure. We will have a lot of beers uh, to get to. But our good friends from Ross Brewing, uh, they are uh, dropping uh, this beer dropped actually this week and next at all of their best beer locations in New Jersey and New York. It's called Local Summer. It's a five point two percent golden ale. With pear and apricots, uh, a lineup of hops featuring Galaxy Amarillo and New Zealand Raquel. Uh, it's a light, crisp, and fruity beer. It is perfect for this time of year. And uh, of course, you know, local summer. It's uh, you know, it's after uh, Labor Day when uh, it's still warm out, and most of the people that have come down the shore have ceased coming down the shore on the weekends because it's back to work. But you know, we shall see. So uh, kudos to our boys from uh, Ross Brewing for doing that. And here's an interesting story. And it'll be interesting to see now, because Governor Cuomo was out of office earlier this week, he resigned, and that'll take effect in 14 or 12 days, 10 days, whatever it is. But he's out of office. So apparently in the state of New York, there is a major backlog of new brewery permits in the state that has many asking for temporary licensing so they can move forward. Uh, responding to delays that can take as much as six months, state legislators have uh, unanimously passed a bill that would allow issuance of six-month temporary permits. Unfortunately, the bill is sitting on Governor Cuomo's desk looking for a signature, and now he's not going to be able to sign it. Who knows if he's going to sign anything before he leaves? So now it becomes incumbent upon the new governor, Kathy Hochul, uh, when she steps into office in about a week uh, week's time, whether or not she will sign it. So uh, Paul Leone, the executive director of the New York State Brewers Association, calls this bill 
Uh, a no-brainer. He says, with 485 breweries in operation statewide, New York is second only to California in the number of beer makers. This is a no-brainer. It should be signed right away. And the fact that New York wineries are afforded this option, uh, Paul is saying that you know this should have been signed already. And I, I agree with him on this. So let us see what will happen if Kathy Hochul uh, will end up signing this beer. In fact, I have to reach out to Paul and get him on the program. Uh, we should talk about this a little bit more. It'll be uh, very interesting uh, to find out. Uh, SeaWorld Orlando is bringing back their annual craft beer festival. They had to cancel it last year because of COVID. Um, but on August 13th, uh, this past August 13th, SeaWorld Orlando returning their three-day events that will run every weekend through September 12th. Features more than 100 craft beers from the nation's best brewers, plus a specially curated wine and seltzer selection featuring some of Florida's most accomplished uh, artisans. Uh, and there are also dinners there as well. You can check it out, SeaWorld.com slash Orlando uh, slash events slash craft beer festival dinner series. Uh, and there's a different brewery, I think, each weekend that is sponsoring or you know doing the dinner uh, when it comes to the beer, so that's pretty cool. Central Jersey Beer Fest, this is organized annually by Blend Bar and Bistro. Uh, 2021 marks the ninth anniversary as a full-service restaurant in Hamilton, New Jersey. You can visit blendbar.com for more information or to make a reservation or to get tickets to this event. This will be taking place, uh, da, 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 when is this? Oh, you know, I think this is in early October. So if you go to blendbar.com, in fact, why don't we do that right now? We'll go to blend, blendbar.com. Let's see if it takes us there, and it should. My internet is usually slow, so you know, forgive me for a moment as this comes up. So the uh, Central Jersey Craft Beer Fest, which you, if you go to blendbar.com, it's the uh, second thing on the top of the page. It is October 9th from noon to 6 p.m. It's at Mercer County Park in West Windsor Township. Um, this is all samples. A full list will be posted next month. There are no alcoholic beverages for purchases. Uh, individually inside the festival, it's only as a sampling of many brands to taste, educate, and expand your palate of new beverages. Uh, there's a VIP from noon to 1, and then the uh, non-VIP is 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Last call for tasting is 5 o'clock. It's a rain or shine event. Of course, you've got to be 21 or older. Um, I've heard good things about this event. I know the folks from New Jersey Craft Beer um, are are involved in this event, and uh, they do a great job with it. Uh, it is definitely something that if you are in the area uh, in West Windsor, Hamilton, New Jersey, uh, definitely want to check it out. Uh, another thing that's going on, the second annual Ballpark Brew Fest at the home of the Somerset Patriots, which is TD Bank Ballpark, is set for Saturday, October 23rd. You can hang out on the concourse, 80 beers from 40 breweries, live music, food, uh, and a lot of fun, as they say. Um, you can actually take uh, New Jersey Transit's Raritan Valley Line to the Bridgewater Station. The station is in the stadium's parking lot, so it can't get any better than that. You get dropped off right there. You walk over. Boom, you're in the stadium. You drink. You jump on the train uh, to head back. Uh, general admission tickets, 50 bucks. They include three hours of beer sampling and live music throughout the day. Uh, you get a, a tasting mug and access to their cooking beer demonstration. Uh, VIP tickets, $65. You get an extra hour of sampling. They're very limited, uh, and you get a whole bunch of things included with that as well. No pets, no outside food or beverages allowed. All bags are subject to search, and please drink responsibly. Uh, this is You can just head over to the Somerset Patriots website uh, for more information on that. Our friends from Sam Adams 
have now teamed up with uh, Mountain Dew, of all things, to create Hard Mountain Dew. It'll have uh, bold flavors, distinctive branding, uh, an ABV of 5%. It'll be a uh, flavored malt beverage that'll be marketed to adults of legal age and, uh, you know, obviously marketed with other alcoholic beverages. Uh, This is a deal between Boston Beer and PepsiCo that are putting it together. Dave Berwick from Boston Beer, the CEO, says... Look, they were looking for something to um, for new and exciting, flavorful beverages. Uh, they um, they're saying the hard seltzer market is oversaturated. I would tend to agree at this point because everybody's making a hard seltzer now. It seems like, um, and they are trying to do something a little different. So they partnered up with uh, Pepsi to bring out this new uh, Mountain Dew, uh, hard Mountain Dew that you can drink. So who knows? Maybe it will appeal to that younger age category. And then finally. Um, in Washington, D.C., the first self-pour tap house has opened. It's called Tap 99. It is located directly across the street from the Nationals Park main gates. It opened on August 8th. It is the first fully self-pour tap house in Washington, D.C. It's uh, 2,800 square feet. It includes 99 self-pour taps offering beer, wine, ciders, and pre-mixed cocktails with options being constantly rotated with new seasonal selections from local craft breweries and distributors. The location will have... 98 seats. Wonder why there's one less. Um, It'll have an outdoor patio with seating as well. It'll focus on artesian uh, pizzas made in a handcrafted Maraforni brick oven in addition to other small and shareable plates that include maple buffalo shrimp and tuna poke nachos. Uh, The owner is Jason Cherry. He's only 25 years old. He says, I'm thrilled to bring D.C.'s first fully self-port tap house to the vibrant Navy Yard neighborhood. Not only will our self-pour experience translate into shorter wait times, it'll allow customers to sample small amounts of a variety of our 99 beverages on tap. So basically, this is a, it's a new concept, and during the pandemic, obviously, there's been issues of places being open. So this is interesting that they're bringing this out now. Um, but basically, you're given basically a debit card. You put money on it. You go over. You, ta- you pick what you want. You scan the card, and you pay by the ounce. So you can pour as little as an ounce, as much as 16 ounces, 24 ounces, whatever you want. So um, that's pretty cool. So tap-99.com is the website for more information. Maybe we'll get Jason on the program, talk a little bit more about it, and especially why he would open something like this during um, the midst of a pandemic when we don't know if things are going to get closed again and get locked down. I'm hoping that doesn't happen. When we come back after a short break, Josh Bernstein, the author and beer expert, will join me. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast. On AM 970, The Answer. Now, I miss this guy, Ronnie James Dio. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And I would be remiss if I t- didn't tell you that he has an autobiography out now that um, was written, I guess, partially by his wife, Wendy Dio. And I've got to pick it up. I know it's on sale now, and stupid me has not bought it yet. So I've got to get over to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or whatever 
and uh, and order this book and get it shipped to me. Now, uh, welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, as I said, um, my next guest we've had on the program, you can get his books on Amazon or Barnes & Noble as well. Uh, we've had him on the program before. It's actually a, a two years and one month to the day, I'm recording this interview actually, that we've had um, Josh on the program. And he is an author and beer expert, uh, and he is currently updating his book, The Complete Beer Course. We're going to chat with him about that along with his journeys to visit some out-of-the-way places during the pandemic, uh, a lot of them in upstate New York. You can find his books, as I said, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, etc. For more info, check out his website at joshuambernstein.com. Let me welcome back to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, Josh Bernstein. Josh, thanks for joining me. How are you? Hey, Al, thanks for having me again. I can't believe it's been two years in a month. It's like, it feels like the last year and a half, two years have just disappeared. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's something kind of went on, like a, a whole pandemic thing, so I guess that's probably why we haven't spoken, but let us dive into bit. the... I'm sorry, say that again? <laughs> yeah, that, that could be one of the reasons, yes. Yeah. So let's dive into the updating of the complete beer course. What is new in this version of your second book, and uh, when is it coming out? Yeah, no problem. Yeah, uh, Complete Deer Course came out in 2013, and my goal back then, I mean, if you think back in 2013, there were maybe 2,000, 2,500 breweries in America. The West, right. Coast, West Coast IPA was ascendant. Gozas were barely a twinkle in anybody's sour eye. And so I, my job, I think, is like really to look at what's happened in the last decade in craft beer and really try to provide the compass to help people better understand where it's at and where it's going. I mean, so many things that happened back then that in 2013, so many things didn't exist. I mean, hazy IPAs weren't even a thing at all. A hazy IPA was a mistake and not a feature. Uh, tap room culture hadn't taken off. 16-ounce cans were still just kind of getting going. Can art wasn't a thing, really. And so I think all these things have really changed and brought the beer industry into a much better place. And so my job is really to look at what happened and really just provide you the map going forward. Cool. And and the book is coming out uh, this year or next year? It'll be coming out in, uh, actually, uh, neither. It's going to be coming out in uh, early 2023. What oh. we thought was going to be a really quick uh, polish when I got to the deal ended up becoming more of a teardown and overhaul. Just because so much of what we thought about beer back then you know, how beer, you know, if you think back 10 years ago, beer dinners were the rage, and now beer dinners don't really exist in the same way anymore. That's true. You know, beer bars were the way that you found out about beer now, and now you can buy beer online mm-hmm. and get it delivered right to your doorstep. So I think so much of the pathways of the beers being created, where breweries have popped up, and I mean, so I think it, it became a much bigger undertaking, and so I'm really excited where it's going as well, too. Josh, I tell folks all the time that um, that drink beers with me all the time uh, uh, for the first time, or if they're having a craft beer, uh, or you know, or they're sick, you know, it's you know the sixtieth time they've had craft beer, whatever the number is, right? I always tell people if you don't like a particular beer, be it the style, taste, etc. You mentioned Gozes, it's okay to dump that beer out and try something else. Is that right? Yeah, correct. I mean, you've only got so many liver tokens in the course of the average day, and so don't waste them on something that doesn't give you pleasure. I always tell people, you know, take uh, three tastes. You know, your first taste is going to be a thing that's going to sort of, like, shock your palate a little bit. Second one, you're kind of understanding it. If by the third or fourth taste, if you don't like it, feel free to dump it down the drain. I mean, I think that's really one of the great things about beer is just that the affordability allows you to take risks. 
and try things that you're not really sure if you're going to like it. And who knows? Maybe you'll like something you didn't know you're going to like. That's true, because you certainly, if you spend $150 on a bottle of wine, whether you like it or not, you're going to drink that $150 bottle of wine because you spent $150 on it. So it's definitely... <laughs> And convince yourself that you like it. I mean, here's a good story. Right. I, I was upstate in uh, Woodstock, and I went to a little tap room there, and I went to the 50% off discount bin. I'm like, huh, I wonder what's here. Mm-hmm. And then I found, like, a 2014 spontaneously fermented Italian beer for $9. And I was like, huh, well, let's give this a go. So we drank it, and it was, you know, decent, pretty okay. But I think, I mean, before I was talking with my friends, I'm like, you know, if we paid 40 bucks for this bottle, we'd pretend to like it a lot more. And so I think it is like price points make you want to, higher price points make you want to believe that the thing you have is worth the money that you spent. And so it's a really tricky thing when you get in the higher price tags and stuff. And I mean, so just take a chance. If you don't like it, you know, there's more beer out there in the world. A hundred percent. We're talking with author Josh Bernstein, who is updating one of his books. It's called The Complete Beer Course. It's a book that'll turn you into an expert in 12 tasting courses. Of course, the book is not, not coming out until the updated version of it. It's not coming out until 2023, but you can order or pre-order it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, etc. For more info, you can check out his website at joshuambernstein.com. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. One thing that struck me during the pandemic, Josh, is a lot of breweries, in order to survive, had to get as much beer as possible into cans and sell them. And you mentioned it about how uh, online beer and all these other good things. But after a bit, many were turning back the clock and making more Pilsners, Mybox, etc. Beers that take longer to ferment and produce. Was there any brewery locally in the five boroughs that stood out a beer that they, you know, they maybe typically wouldn't make but decided to make something like that that stood out to you? Yeah, I think what was really interesting about the pandemic is, you know, we saw this push toward cans, but also people didn't have to get beer out as quickly as they had previously. So that allowed them to take more time and create pilsners and lagers with a bit more time in the tanks. I think a good example would be Torch and Crown. I think their 10-minute pilsner, yeah. um, it was in the tanks a bit longer than it than they may have intended originally. I think that they touted that it's 100 days. I think it's in the tanks for more than 100 days. And so it was really great to get this out there and get this intensely crisp, balanced, refined. You know, the pandemic allowed the beer to be in air a little bit longer than they had been intended, but it turned out to be a great product. Um, while the East Brewing in Brooklyn, I really thought their Pilsners came into their own. They kind of became some of my favorite uh, beers being produced in the city, such as Patience and Fortitude. And then KCBC has really been crushing it with lagers over there in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I mean, they've been doing great stuff. They would have lager appreciation month when you know i think it was like 29 bucks for three four packs of pilsner or lagers and like that price point can't be beat for great quality beer brewed right in your backyard you mentioned three breweries that i absolutely a kcbc i'm 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 a fan of theirs but i haven't had as much from them as i would like mm-hmm. but torch and crown first off i'm so happy that they finally opened i know that john danzler and his his partner were working so long to get things up and running, and then, of course, the pandemic hits, and they had all sorts of issues. But I'm so happy they're up and running, and I, I, I have not been to the tap room yet, but I am going to correct that before the end of this month to get over there to have uh, a little uh, lunch and, and try the beer. And I love what they did with the facility. Wild East in Brooklyn, a friend of mine who is actually an investor in the, in the brewery turned me on to them. They are just I mean, the, the stuff that they make is so spot on. I love it, and I love the fact that not a lot of people know about them yet. 
They're kind of growing mm-hmm. into their own uh, very, very, you know, slowly and organically, which I think is great. And, of course, KCBC, I think they're I, – I know that they do a couple of different sours and stuff, and what they do there is excellent. So you've, you've touched on three breweries that I think if yeah, people think- haven't gotten a chance to experience them in the five boroughs should definitely go out and check them out. I think with Wild East, Wild East has kind of become one of these like industry bars where if you work in the beer industry or industry taprooms, because they offer, you know, Czech style pilsners in the classic, in the classic mugs of the proper pour. And I think it's really, it's a great opportunity to go there and try a wide variety of styles, everything from patiently fermented wild ales to, you know, crisp, uh, crisp pilsners and really great IPAs. I think around the corner from them as well, You'll find Three's Brewing yep. has really, I think, um, come to their own with a lot of really amazing Czech pilsners and lagers because they also had a bit more time during the pandemic to push these beers out there. So their lager program produced in Brooklyn got really crazy. And then uh, right down the block from uh, Three's and uh, Wild East, you'll also find Finback, and their taproom opened up. And then my friend Distillery Halfstone opened up there making some really great gins, which this time of year, gin and tonic during the heat wave is going to hit the right spot. Absolutely. Now, look, I want to take a quick break. We've got so much more to get into, including Josh's journey to upstate New York and discovering with his family and discovering uh, a bunch of places he might not have gotten to because, you know, obviously we were in the midst of a pandemic. And so a lot of times you couldn't leave our home here. Uh, what his favorites were on that and so much more. We're going to do that uh, coming up next on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. <laughs> Back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. I- I'm shocked that I actually picked this song, and it did just triggered a memory, of course, as I played it, the Jim Blossoms and Allison Road. The-, the one time that I saw the Jim Blossoms was up in upstate New York at the Orange County Fairgrounds. There you go. We're talking with author Josh Bernstein, who's written an update to his the complete beer course. It's a book that'll turn you into an expert into twelve in twelve tasting courses. It'll be out coming out in twenty twenty three. He's updating it with all complete new material. You can order the book on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, etc. Uh, for more info, you can check out his website at joshuambernstein.com. Now, Josh, as I mentioned about the uh, before the break, that you went on a uh, family vacation uh, to upstate New York, and you recently came back there. Um, I noticed a number of different pictures on your Instagram account. If you want to follow Josh, Josh M. Bernstein uh, on Instagram, spotlighting some nice places to visit. Did you have a favorite of the bunch? Yeah, there were, there were a number of favorites. I think yeah, we were upstate in the Catskills, like right outside of a town called Phoenicia. And okay. so we were basically bouncing around to all the amazing outdoor breweries up there. And, you know, to start, we were on a road called Diamond Notch Road, which just so happened to lead into a path in the mountains, which just so happened if you walked about an hour and a half over a mountain, down the road, past the, past the waterfalls, you end up at West Kill Brewing, okay. which I think West Kill is on a 127-acre former dairy farm, and it's just kind of this, this stunning setting. You get the Catskills Mountains in the beyond. You've got Catskill IPA. You've got Brookie, like a great corn lager. You've got fun food pop-ups like a oyster purveyors and lobster rolls and uh, kielbasa and whatnot. It just makes for this really 
amazing outdoor hang and just this incredibly scenic area. And I mean, if you drive there, it's five miles down a dirt road. So you're going there with intent and you're not just going there to kind of like, oh, this seems like a good idea. You go there to hang out for a couple hours and you make it worth your while. That's very cool. Now, my neighbor has a, actually has a house up in Livingston Manor. We're going to be up there in a couple of weeks to go to uh, yeah, yeah. Bethel Woods to go see uh, James Taylor and uh, Jackson Brown. And he took me uh, over to uh, Catskill Brewery. And then there's a place that's, I guess, kind of diagonal from there. It's called Upward Brewing, and you have to check them out if you haven't been up that way. And, of course, Roscoe Brewing is, is one exit down on, on, uh, on 17. But I wanted to touch on you. Uh, one of the pictures that you had on your Instagram account uh, from the Ground Brewery, you visited it, and it looked really cool from your description. Give the audience a peek into this farm brewery. Well, you know, from the ground breweries on Migliorelli, Migliorelli Farm. So it's like in the middle of a farmstead. They basically grow their own barley there, take it down the road to Hudson Valley Malt. And I've known Jake used to work at some breweries in Brooklyn mm-hmm. for a number of years, but I've never had a chance to get up there and directly drink the beer from the source. And so they opened up like a shipping container tap room, middle of a field overlooking a lake. And it's just kind of what you want for a great lazy afternoon. It's basically you have a giant tent, life-size Jenga, then a little shipping trailer where you can buy some potato chips, like sausages, maybe some yogurt for the kids and whatnot. But then they've just got, you know, mason jars full of beer sold for like five bucks a pint. And I mean, you don't find settings like that, price points like that, and just a sense of relaxation. And I think that's what you're really go- that's what I'm really going after when I'm getting getting up fit there. And I'm, I'm really excited about the area around there, too. That's like in Red Hook and down the road in Tivoli is going to be Lasting Joy Brewery, which uh, Alex Wenner, who works at Conan Brewery, is opening this like 30, you know, I think it's like a 30-acre farmstead. It's going to hopefully be opened up by the fall. Mm-hmm. And, you know, other ones I really loved up there, too. Subversive Malting, which is one of the more, u- in there in Catskill, they're one of the more unique uh, breweries in the country because they take their own, they take, uh, they take barley and they turn into malt themselves. And they're able to kind of custom make malt for specific beers. And there's this awesome food, uh, food pop-up for pizza. And you get amazing pizza there. And you're sitting outside as well. And I think that's what these, this area really excels at during the summertime as we kind of edge your way forward and back in the pandemic. I mean, they offer comfort levels for enjoying beer and settings outside. And not just for your friends, but for your family, for your, your wife, your partner, your daughter, and oftentimes your dog, too. Right, and there's always this argument that, that you know some people who drink craft beer they want to drink it by themselves. They don't want you know they want adults there. They don't want kids. They don't want family. But this is you know. And then there's the other side of it where they're like, no, but I, I have my kids and I want to be able to bring them and enjoy an environment. So it's nice that there's something like that that everybody can enjoy in a, in a big enough space where you don't feel like you're crowding on top of one another, which I think is really cool. We're talking with author jo- we're talking with yeah. author Josh Bernstein, who's updating one of his books. It's called The Complete Beer Course. It's a book that'll turn you into an expert in 12 tasting courses. The new version will be coming out in 2023. You can order the book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, etc. For more info, check out his website at joshuambernstein.com, as we're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Now, we're starting to emerge from this pandemic, and I know that... And, and I use that term emerge lightly because, of course, we have this mm-hmm. other variant that's coming out. And, and, and I know that things could get turned around again very easily. How do you think the business as a whole, uh, the beer business as a whole, has weathered this pandemic? I think the beer business as a whole has weathered the pandemic much better than I thought. We, I think in the beginning we foretold a lot of 
closures were going to happen. I still think, I mean, I still think it's possible. People are tired right now. Loans are going to come due. Rent is going to come due eventually. But for right now, at this particular moment, I think people are coming through the pandemic much better than I thought. The, um, I think just like this, this evolution of direct consumer shipping, we can click online and get beer delivered to your door really accelerated like five years of direct consumer growth. I think this is something that would have happened slowly, steadily, fits and starts. And it just really happened overnight, far and wide. So I think, and people started supporting breweries in the way they treat it, almost like a grocery store stop, where you'd pop by the tap room and pick up a couple four packs on your way back from running to the grocery store or the gas station. So the tap room became not just a place to go consume beer, but a place to go buy beer and go pick it up to bring it home. So I think a lot of these ships are going to become permanent the way that we kind of treat tap rooms and treat breweries. There is much about going to hang out as they are to stock up for the week. You know, that's a great point, Josh, you bring up because, um, and one of the uh, breweries in New Jersey that actually is a sponsor of this program, Source Brewing, uh, over in Colts Neck, New Jersey, right off of Route 34, you can pick up your beer directly from the source there. They had to they, they had to change their model on the fly when they opened because they were basically a tap room who was only going to do a very limited can approach and then had to shift yeah. to this whole canning operation when things shut down and Every week, they're in, including now, their beer sells out. They put it in cans, and it sells out quickly. People are supporting them constantly, and I think that's the one of the great things about it. You touched on a great point there about that, that people are picking up beer as easily as picking up groceries from a grocery store, uh, which is really fantastic. Now, you've started doing beer tours again in Brooklyn. Uh, I noticed that on your Instagram account, you did one a few months back at a couple of local joints. How did that, how did that go? Was there, was there an unease from people? Of, of going to places, or was it kind of like, oh, no, 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 we've been, we've been stuck for so long, this is great, this is a great opportunity to get out and stretch our legs a little bit? You know, I think for me, with people doing it on the tour, I mean, I, you know, first and foremost, when people reach out to me, I, I used to do a ton of tours around Brooklyn, run big events and whatnot, and then I just, it, I, you just have to pause that sort of part of your life for a while. So people reach out to me, and they ask me, and, you know, the first question was, you know, are you guys vaccinated, you know? Are you going to do that? And I don't know, me personally, if I'm going to take people inside places out there too, I want to make sure that we're all sitting on the same comfort levels and we're all on the right path and right page together. And I think too, when you show up and you know, the rules are when you go to these places, you know, you've got to adhere to what they have going on. And I was like, you know, things could change left and right. We showed up at wild East and then all of a sudden wild East, I mean, they had, uh, I think, the previous day changed their um, protocols to allow people to walk around without masks. That may have changed since then. But, I mean, it's just more about understanding we're walking. I think even more so during the time we're walking into someone's place of business and we have to abide by their rules mm-hmm. or the rules that have been dictated by the governments and whatnot. And that's just something I try to impress upon people. We're going to have a great time, but it just may be a bit more constricted than we're used to. And, and you know, it's funny you say that, and I I. I I don't know what it is. I, I'm look. I'm I've I've admitted it on this show. I'm fully vaccinated. I have no problem with the vaccine. I want to get back to a normal life. There are some people that would disagree with that, and I'm not going to get the vaccine and whatever. But then you can't you can't be yelling at people. Uh, you know, if if a if a private business says, look, you need to wear a mask or you need to do this or whatever, it's their business. You have to abide by their rules. You can't just arbitrarily say, well, I'm just going to do what I want. Well, that's fine. You could do what you want in the privacy of your own home. When you're out in public and at a, at a, uh, a privately owned place, you have to abide by what the business wants. I mean, it's just it's common sense. I don't get I, I 
me personally, I don't understand why why people uh, would argue that. But you know, I mean, it is what it is. But yeah. it is, you know, I think like right now, it's taking. I think so much. I think the challenge has been so much of the enforcement and the rulemaking has been left to individual businesses, which is just putting them out there. Right. You know, putting them out there on the limb. And so I think what's happening now with sort of the vaccine passes and things like that, mm-hmm. proof of vaccination, I mean, it takes the pressure off the shoulders of the businesses to be the ones creating the rules. And so it's it like this should have happened many, many months ago. But, I mean, it just deflects, I think, a lot of this maybe knee-jerk anger toward the business. It's like, it's not our job. It's not our fault. Right. This is what's happening right here, too. And I think, you know, people, you know, it's like, you have to show a vaccine pass, but you got to show a driver's license to drive a car. You've got to, you Want to drink a beer? You got to show your, you got to show your age limit to drink a beer. Right. It's just like another thing. You have to have a, you know, it, it's, a, you have to have a license to fish at some places. So it's just, these, these, these rules have just been part and parcel of what's going on. You have to pass your driver's test to get the driver's license right. if you want to operate a vehicle. You've got to do this thing to get that. Kids have to be vaccinated to go to school. I mean, yep. my that. daughter is seven, and we have to show all the forms for her to go to camp or go to school or anything. And so it's just this, this heightened moment. But I think, like I said, for overall, I think it's a benefit for businesses to not have to worry so much, and it's going to take a lot of, hopefully, the stress. And the, stress and the confrontation right. out of it, and also the protection of their own employees. I mean, that's that's another thing too. As an owner, you're you're trying to protect your employees from harm, and this is one way of doing that. I I completely agree. My guest has been author Josh Bernstein. He's updating one of his books called The Complete Beer Course. It's a book that'll turn you into an expert in twelve tasting courses. The new version is coming out in 2023. You can order the book on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, etc. And for more info, you can check out his website at joshuambernstein.com. Josh, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Very much appreciate it. No, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it as well. It's been great talking to you and catching up. Hopefully it won't be two years again. (laughs) No, that's true. Hopefully it won't be two years. My thanks to everybody involved in the show, and of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com